Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discuss something that I think we can all relate to, which is the stress of the holiday season that we are in. Um, recently, we did a an Instagram poll and uh, kind of gathered some feedback from you all of what you find to be the most stressful during this time. And surprisingly, not surprisingly, uh, the answers were synonymous in lots of different ways. The common themes that we received from you were uh, the things that stress you out the most are family, in-laws, money, time management, kind of like fitting it all in, too much to do, um, traveling with kids, traditions, new ones and old ones. Um, Let's see, buying gifts and just the general mental load of feeling like you're the one who's doing it all. And I think we can relate to all, if not a lot of those. Um, We did a really fun, it's called This or That. And so you got to choose which one causes you the most stress. (laughs) It's like a, like a fun little stress game. What causes you the most stress during the holiday season? Um, 32% of you said cooking and 68% of you said cleaning. Would you rather... 63% of you said you'd rather do all the shopping and 37% of you said you'd do all the wrapping. So people would rather shop than wrap. Family time, what's more stressful to you? This is not shocking. 69% said in-laws, 31% said your own immediate family. And then this one was an overwhelming, um, an agreeance. Would you rather Holiday prep and setup, 92% said you guys would rather do that. And 8% said take down. So the 8% of you that said you would take down, you can, I'll give you my address and you can come (laughs) do it it all for me. Um, And then I thought this one was interesting. So do you feel like you do too much or not enough? And it was a 50-50 split, which I thought was actually really interesting. So, and we're going to speak to all those things today. Um, Today, we'll be visiting with Ginger Rothis. She's a spiritual life coach and a local Kansas City mom. She has a master's degree in theology and divinity that she decided to pursue at age 40 after a career in business consulting. In seminary, she found a passion for teaching about compassion outside of the church and sharing the clinical data that's proven self-compassion might just be the fix for all of our struggles. She helps people of all ages learn the transformative power of how to show compassion to themselves and others. I felt like Ginger was the perfect guest to have on the show today um, as we put so much pressure on ourselves as moms to make this time of the year perfect. Our hope today is for you to be able to reset in order to be present for your family and most importantly for yourself. And with that, let's get started. Hi, Ginger. 
Hello. (laughs) Thanks so much for being on Kansas City MomCast today. Uh, We are so glad to have you here. You are a fellow, um, a wife and a mom. So can you tell us just a little bit about kind of what you've learned, just like a nugget, anything that pops into your mind about what you've learned through your motherhood journey when it comes to the holidays, like a little nugget of wisdom for us to get us started? Oh, wow. Um, To lower my expectations. No, there you go. Probably. Yes. (laughs) The biggest nugget. Um, I have uh, yes. So maybe that's something we could all work on together. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I think I have teenagers now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I I have two teenagers and I think, you know, you just have to continue to be flexible and, and maybe release these ideal visions we have of the holidays and um, lower the expectations and the pressure we put on ourselves and everybody around us. Yes. 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 Okay, so leading into this topic in this podcast, we did some um, kind of some fielding on Instagram of our followers and listeners. And based on the feedback we got from moms, Kansas City moms, um, one of the biggest stressors for moms is just basically being in charge of what they feel like is everything. And um, so what are your thoughts on that and how basically how can moms be in charge of things while still actually enjoying the season and being present? Yeah, I think that's, that's a big, such a big question. Such a great insight into how we feel. And yeah. it's so fun that you crowdsource information like this. Mm-hmm. I think coming up with a strategy to avoid resentment, frustration, anger, disappointment. It's really Mm -hmm. important for a mom to do. Um, They are in charge of everything. It's true. We, some of that we take on ourselves and we, you know, all have to learn the art of delegation and asking for help. But at the same time, I think it just kind of naturally falls to us to make things happen. Um, I would start with maybe each of us naming know, before the holiday season, what are the three most important things to me this Mm -hmm. holiday season? So if I'm going to be in charge of everything and do all the coordinating, what's important for me to feel or get out of this time or um, come away from the holidays feeling or having accomplished? And and I think one of the important things is how do I want to feel? And let's prioritize that above all else. So if I want to feel peaceful and calm, then I probably need to look at how many things we've committed to that are going to cause chaos and anything but peace and calm. If if there's something that's non-negotiable that I have to do this at the holidays or it doesn't feel like the holidays, then that needs to be the top priority for the mom planning the holidays. Um, As moms and wives, we do a really good job of taking care of the needs of everybody else and put ours last and then are resentful and angry and kind of take away the spirit of love from everybody else's holidays. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, yes, we're in charge, but we also can be in charge of designing it to meet our needs as well. Sure. Sure. I always, I feel like often the day after Christmas, I'm like thrilled that it's over which I think some of that is normal, yeah. but then I also would also not like to feel like that, <laughs> like relief, that like, oh my right. gosh, thank God that's over. Like, I want to feel a little more sad that it's over this year is kind of my goal. So I think, yeah, I think, and I think a, oh, go ahead. 
a lot of that is going to be how you care for yourself through the holidays. I think the I'm glad it's over is I'm glad I'm relieved that that punishing treadmill I was on is over. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we need to look at how am I talking to myself during the holidays? What's what am I telling myself? Am I beating myself up that I'm doing everything wrong? Well, then, yes, we are going to be glad it's over because that self-criticism will end. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So another thing that's come up um, or that came up quite a bit in our feedback from followers was just time, like time management. So how how are we able to fit in everything we want to do while still having time to enjoy like the best parts of the season and have some calm? And maybe that's kind of yeah, an obvious I question. Think- it's like, I guess, just don't plan all the stuff. But then every year, I don't know how you feel, Sarah, but I feel like every year I'm like, well, we're filled up again. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's like something I don't have control over when I know that I actually do. So maybe can you speak to us just about time management <laughs> and having yeah. that balance? Yes. So every week has 168 hours in it. And I think that part of our job as moms and wives is kind of sitting down with with those 168 hours of potential mm-hmm. and how do I want to spend them? Yeah. Um, and getting in front of, okay, if I want to sleep eight hours a night, then that's on the calendar. If I want to... Um, you know, if I want to be able to just sit with the kids by the Christmas tree for certain hours this week, then I need to plug that in. And you back in to what time is left to put an activity in instead of let's plan around the activity. Mm-hmm. And then we all feel slighted that we didn't, we didn't sleep. We didn't have time to make nutritious food. We didn't get to sit and talk to each other around the Christmas tree. We didn't get to play a game. Um, yeah. All those things that get eaten up by our social time or our commitments. Uh, so instead of looking at the activity calendar, I would start with what's most important to me to, to spend time on with this 168 hours every week in December? And, and yeah. how do I want to do that? I think a big tool that I use a lot of with my clients and myself is, am I making this harder than it needs to be? (laughs) And what would look, what would this look like if it were fun and easy? And I think that as busy moms who are just continuously tired and exhausted and spent, we, nothing seems fun and easy anymore. Everything Mm -hmm. seems to be heavy and hard and a battle and a fight and a struggle. And sometimes we get habituated into that way of thinking and we have to pull out a little bit and say, what would this look like if it were fun and easy? What would the holidays look like if I had fun and made it easy? And then just see what comes up. The truth from your soul will come up. You'll get a message Mm -hmm. of like, oh, that means I don't make 15 types of cookies, or that means mm-hmm. I don't go to that dinner party that my husband likes, but I am miserable. Um, you know, you just start to pull back a little bit of what what would make this fun and light and enjoyable for me. And 
what I've realized is I tend to make everything a little bit harder than it needs to be, a little more stressful than it needs to be. And that's just really a head game with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really like, Ginger, you don't have to be so stressed out right now. Why are you? Why are you on edge? This is great. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's so great. And I think that, um, is perfect lead into our next question, especially when it comes to time. So time management. So we've kind of talked about a little bit about, you said at the beginning, lowering the bar a little bit, expectations yeah. in general. So this is a big question. So how do we balance creating our own family traditions? And like you said, like the three most important things to us or how we want to feel, and time with our kids with the expectations of parents or and in-laws. <laughs> Go. <laughs> yeah, this is such a good question. We could do a whole podcast series on this. Um, but yes, I think one of the tools I like for this kind of work to help us get some clarity is yeah. I call it my inner circle diagram, but it's if you may, like picture the target emblem, right, of like mm-hmm. concentric circles, circles and circles. And in the middle of your target, and literally like write this down on paper or a whiteboard or somewhere, mm-hmm. um, who's the center? Who's your target? Who's most important to you? So, you know, it's for me, that's my two children and my husband and I, our, our nuclear family of four. Yeah. And then those are the needs I really want to make sure we meet. And those are the memories that are really important to me to create. And then who's next? What's my next circle look like? And for me, I'm an only child and that looks like my parents and making sure that I'm, you know, doing what I need to do with them and for them. And then what's the next circle like? And and that's my in-laws and, um, and what that looks like. And, and then you know, and maybe it's not family, maybe it's friends. Maybe this mm-hmm. is a season where my friends are who has been pouring, have been pouring into me lately. And I really want them to be my second circle yeah. or that important family friend that we have, that we do everything with, you know, that really it's okay for them to take some priority over family. I think we get really caught up in this, um, expectation that we need to be all things to all people. Yeah. And that what I have seen in my years of working with people is that leads to a lot of resentment and a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's not really authentically coming from a place of love. It's obligation. And when you are going into something with a sense of obligation or a sense of resentment, you're not your best self and you're not creating an environment where everyone is their best self. And then you come away hurt or miserable or, and so I think that we can, we can, prioritize with this inner circle diagram, who are, who is most important to me this holiday season? And it might change every holiday season. It's just where you are right now and where your kids are right now. And, and what is, what's going to create memories that we file away as, um, good moments. And, and that might mean that we minimize some of the stressors. We look at what causes me stress or what upsets me and what then when I'm upset, I'm snapping at my children. And then I've crushed that inner circle that was so important to me. And so we have to really get clear on who who am I serving and why? And how do I set myself up to do that to the best of my ability? I think one of 
I feel like one of the hardest things to navigate is, so when you're looking at the circle diagram, your in-laws, parents, family, whoever, you feel like, like, what's the line? Sorry, I'm trying to articulate my thought. What's the line of, I should go to this because I'm an adult and this is just what you, this is just what you do. Like, just because I don't feel like going to a family event doesn't mean I just get to skip everything. And what's Mm -hmm. the line between that and like, this is really not good for me, or this is not good for my family. How do you differentiate those things? Yeah, that's, it's hard work and it's hard. um, You know, I do this a lot one-on-one with individuals. So it's in the context of their family and their situation. It's hard to make general statements. However, I will say my line for these kinds of decisions is where is the line where I can love that person and myself at the same time. And so if, if I am not caring for myself by being in this person's presence, then that's crossing the line. If I, um, you know, and I think family obligation is important. I don't want to dismiss that. But what I do see is when we force ourselves to show up to things and we're already going in with an attitude of resentment and anger, we're actually doing more harm by being in their presence. Um, we're, we are putting ourselves at risk of saying something we're going to, that's going to hurt them or regret. And, so I think th- where your line is, is can I be my best self in the, in their presence? And then how do I help myself through this? So I'm a, I'm a you know, big proponent of if we have to do something we don't want to do, how do we make it a little bit better for ourselves? Sure. So if, if we have to go to something, how, what can I do for myself to help with this? Maybe it's give myself permission that if this certain topic comes up around the dinner table, I'm going to go into the bathroom and just take some deep breaths, or (laughs) I'm going to go take my glass of wine and sit on the porch for a little bit and watch the sunset. Or Mm -hmm. you just give yourself permission and a plan to bring yourself some comfort in that obligatory encounter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, one of the like strangest life transitions for me has been going from being a, like my parents kid to a mom with my own kids. And I feel like I often forget that like, I'm the mom, I'm the mom now. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just very strange. And it's like, I don't know if that will ever click. I don't know if that's clicked with you yet, Ginger. (laughs) Yeah. This is an important thing. It's just weird. Like I'm the one who's creating and I'm the one who makes the decisions and I'm not necessarily completely obligated to the way things have always been because I'm the mom now. I don't mean to say that like, like, well, I'm the boss now, (laughs) but in a way, I mean, it's like, it's now it's my own family. Oh, I love it. I love this, Megan. And you're hitting at something that is so important for women of all ages to start to think about, which is I'm walking into that room, not as a little girl Mm -hmm. seeking approval and permission, but I'm walking into that room as a grown woman who makes good decisions and is raising a beautiful family and is full of love. And that's not hurting anyone. That is mindset work for yourself to remember your worthiness. And I think that with families, we, it is so easy to 
to fall back into, I'm a little girl needing approval because that's what our brain, you know, the research shows around age six or seven is when we begin to try to figure out, is everyone pleased with me? Are they happy with me? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you think of yourself as a little girl at six or seven, you are very concerned with, are my parents happy with me? Yeah. And and the evolutionary brain, what we know is that that was because if your tribe wasn't happy with you, you would get kicked out and you can't survive in the desert alone. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it is a survival mechanism that our brain develops that paying attention and are people happy with me because I want to belong here. And we want nothing more than to belong because it's, it's primal to our survival. Do you know, do you know from your, from research and just your learning on that, do you know if there's a difference between, um, like boys and girls with that at that age? Um, the, the age six or seven thing is across both all 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 genders. genders. However, there is some research. UC Berkeley has some great studies on this going on at the, um, center for greater good. They are looking at socioeconomic uh, differences, gender differences, and what they're finding is that there is a a kind of a, I don't know, maybe a pattern of women really caring what people think, um, that they see a little bit different, but I think it's more a human survival instinct to belong Sure. And, um, and so I do, I think in the women I work with, I see it deeper as caring what their parents think and are, am I hurting anybody? Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel there's a higher consciousness of that yeah. among women. Um, but I think this point you make Megan about like forgetting my role is a really good one. And that's, it can be hard to redefine your role in a family. Families like homeostasis. They don't like change, right? They like, like, this is the role you've always played. You're the, you're the smart one. You're the responsible one. You're the funny one. We love to do that in families and with siblings and, and, it's not fair many times because we change and evolve and we want those roles to be fluid. And one of the, one of the biggest things we do is we never get out of little girl mode with our families. And so it's a very important thing, whether it's at work or families to walk in and remember, I'm not a little girl seeking your approval. I'm a grown woman with really great ideas and a beautiful heart. And, and I deserve to be seen and heard and have a voice. Yeah. And I think giving ourselves permission to, to, that we can change things if it's not working, yes. you know? Yes. Ginger, I feel like I see this, I have a million ways I see it with, you know, family and in-laws, but I also see it like with school. Now that my kids are elementary school of obligations of donating XYZ to the school for the holidays or attending this concert and participating in this party and this spirit day. And it feels like I have so many fun things I want to do at the holidays, and those are the things I do want to do and do fill my family's cup and make us our best people. Um, But I can't fit it in because I have this orchestra concert and that obligation and that sports game. And so it becomes like, well, I already committed to this stuff six months ago, and now I don't have time for the stuff I want. And so it almost seems like there's some saying no in there that happens before the holidays, yeah. That get us to a good place when it comes time. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. That's very I think true. you're so right. And, you know, um, I think it was Stephen Covey back in the 90s when he was writing books said, um, it's easier to say no when you have a bigger yes. 
And I think that's important for all of us as families of like, what's our big yes? What It's easier to say no if you have a plan of, of what the alternative is. So, um, you know, and it might be, it, it's so hard. I remember with little ones, that kind of a schedule and, and even with teens, it's just as busy. It's just different yeah. stuff. Um, it's driving them to things. And, um, mm-hmm. but the, but it's all the same. What's the point? You know, what am I here for? What am I, what's the contribution I want to make? And so maybe that's part of your intention is, is the contribution I want to make to my kids that I'm at every band concert and soccer game. Okay. Then that's my role. That's my clarity. And maybe all the other invitations take a backseat to those things. Mm-hmm. Or is this a season where I feel very isolated and alone and I really need to have more social engagement. And so, um, maybe there's something I miss and is it, you know, what's the cost of missing? I, I think as parenting, my husband and I have talked about this of like, we, sometimes we make decisions from the place of least regret. Right? <laughs> so true. It's not, so true. It's, so good. It's not necessarily the, what do we want or uh-huh. what's the best decision, but it's what uh-huh. will we regret the least? <laughs> Well, and I feel like my husband and, and I, I think- we, we talk about that too. We, and we're not, we are so far from being good at it because like I said last year, the, when the holidays were over, I was like, thank God. Um, but we have talked about like, okay, are we going to, we literally say, are we going to hate ourselves that we're signing up for this in a month? Or like, right. are we going to hate that we have to go to this? And a lot of times we're like, yeah, I think we will. So yes. we're not going to do it. The hardest thing is for me personally, is seeing an open slot and letting it stay open. That's the hardest thing. So like you invite me to something and it's open, then of course I'm going to say yes. It's like when reality, like, I don't know. It's like you almost have to block. I use Google Calendar. I almost need to like block out with the colored blocks, nothing or just home, you know, or we're not taking on anything that day. Actually, that that's the beautiful thing, Megan. I notice I do that with my like work schedule. If I try to block off time without a client to get something done, yeah. I actually don't use that time to get stuff something done. Yeah. So part of what we have to do is block that as whatever thing it is. It could be sit on the couch. Yeah. And but you have blocked <laughs> that, and you realize what you're giving up if you give away that slot. Yes, that's so true. So true. So what are I mean, talking about just expectations and what we're wanting out of the holiday season, what are some tips as far as like communicating with our spouse or significant other, um, or even our kids about making kind of the holidays, what we want it to be? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, communication is the root of everything. So even a family meeting, you know, before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving of, how do we how do we want this to go? Everyone name their one thing that's most important to you to do at Christmas. And yeah. let's go around the table and capture those. And then what's the thing that stresses you out the most at this season? Okay, <laughs> let's go around the table and capture those with just observation, no judgment, no debating, no correcting the thinking. You know, I think with yeah. kids, we have to be very careful to say, wait, you're not remembering that you actually really loved that. We need to just hear them. And <laughs> and I have this acronym that's W-A-I-T, uh-huh. and it's Why Am I Talking? <laughs> so when my kids are talking, I have that acronym going through my brain, mm-hmm. Why am 
don't talk, don't talk, just listen. Yep. And I, what I noticed, I started working with more teens in my practice and one of their biggest complaints is their parents don't listen yeah. and their parents correct everything they say or point out another way of seeing it or another point. Yeah. And I know as a mom, we're doing that to try to help grow them and give them perspective and help them see what they might be missing. All the child hears is I'm wrong mm -hmm. and you don't trust me. Yeah. And we have to really work on that collectively as parents. So I think that in these family meetings, really letting kids have a voice of what what's most important to you about the holidays. What's your favorite part? Or what are your favorite three things? And um, what's, what makes it feel like Christmas to you and just see what they say without any filtering or editorial of your own. Um, I think you'll get some really clear vision of how the holiday should look when you hear from that inner, your inner circle, your people. Sure. And then for you and your husband, I think that, you know, what I see in couples is we forget we're on the same team yeah. and, well, I think we really have to kind of come back to, look, you and I are a partnership trying to guide these children and launch them into the world. Let's do this together. And what does that mean and look like? And and I need you to have my back. And, and maybe there's something like, you know, I want, um, I want to sit in church and not be distracted. And I need you to mm -hmm. color with the kids or take them out in the lobby or do whatever. But I need mm -hmm. this hour and I need your help in achieving that. And just being really clear, what I see when working with women is sometimes we expect our husbands to do certain things without ever communicating it. And then mm -hmm. we're so angry that they didn't just read our minds. And yeah. so I think that we have to, you know, we expect them to be as tuned in as we are to the kids and to our feelings, but they're just not. So then yeah. we're setting them up for failure and they don't even know why we're mad. So being <laughs> super clear about, I need you to do this and just really spell it out. Even if you're thinking, I shouldn't have to be this obvious, you still, we just do because- yeah what we're trying to avoid is resentment and bitterness and fighting and hurting the people we love the most. Yeah. I think that's, that is excellent. Is it Brené Brown? Is that clear as kind? Is that, was that that quote, Sarah? I think so. I think yeah. So. Yeah. Clear yeah. as kind. I think and she I did just, say that. I just love that so much. Um, yeah. Okay. So you, a lot of your work is self-compassion. Um, and you talk about how being more compassionate and gentle with ourselves leads to more compassion and gentleness with others. So how to kind of sum us up or wrap us up, yeah. how does that look during the holiday season? Yeah, it starts with the way that you're talking to yourself mm -hmm. and are you being a compassionate coach to help yourself get through the holidays? Are you, are you saying, Megan, what do you need to feel better here? What, what yeah. would bring you comfort, Megan? Or are you saying, oh my gosh, you burned the cookies. You can't do anything right. Mm -hmm. And you've ruined the holidays and you're such a hot mess. And, mm -hmm. you know, just look at what am I saying to myself and how, and would I ever say that to a friend? That's yeah. always a good check-in. Like would I say what I just said to myself to a friend, like the way I look in the outfit in the mirror, the, mm -hmm. the things I'm saying to myself, would I ever say to another human being? likely not. And so that's that's part of self-compassion is just that early awareness of 
what do I say when I talk to myself? And what are the thoughts going through my head about myself? Because we're really good at showing compassion for other people, but then we aren't great at showing it to ourselves. So it starts there. And what I've found in doing this kind of work striving. The way I got into this work was I was in seminary studying the unconditional love of God. And mm-hmm. and I I was questioning, is that true? Are we not always having to prove ourselves and do the right thing and be good people? And, and as I went down that rabbit hole of research, I found this over 20 years now of clinical research in self-compassion and the proven power of how it can transform your own life. And the outcome is also not only are you a more peaceful, calm, happier, less angry person in the world, but you're actually, once you see your own inherent worthiness, you begin to see that more clearly in every human being. And that's why this work is so, so profoundly important. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's excellent. Ginger, you are amazing. Thank you, oh, thank you guys. so much for being here today. Um, My pleasure. Can you tell us where our listeners can find you? And we'll put yes. this in the show notes as well. Yes. So my website is compassionfix.com. And um, I have a weekly email that goes out every Tuesday morning with a tool or a tip um, that is usually kind of applicable to whatever we're going through as human beings at the time. So holidays coming up, it'll be that focus. Um, Ginger, my mom. Just a reminder. Sorry to interrupt you. My mom gets that and she loves it. No, go ahead. (laughs) No, I was just going to say my my mom gets your weekly email and she loves it. Lots of families do that. And now more teens are getting them because the mom started forwarding oh, yeah. them and college students. It's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great. They are great. It, 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 um, it's just, it's a helpful, uh, just a reminder every week to just be a little more gentle and kind to yourself and to other people. And um, so you can sign up for that on my website. Um, I see okay. people individually. The calendar's pretty booked, but I think there's January openings if somebody wants to get started with self-compassion for the new year. Okay. Um, I help people find purpose, a sense of purpose and meaning in their life as well, or do spiritual direction if that's what somebody's looking for. But and then there's a, on my website, you can put in a topic word under practice, under the practices tab and all of the, these old tools are out there. Awesome. So, um, there's a database. If you're just looking for something like I need energy or I need hope, or I need to know what to do with conflict, um, you can put in those topic words and get some quick help. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my office is in Leewood. I see people in person and I do small group workshops. If you want to gather some friends and we t- talk about a topic. I love doing that. That's always so fun. So awesome. you can find all that information on my website. And you're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes, mostly Instagram. Um, a little on Facebook, a little on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, awesome. <laughs> we will link all that in the show notes so that people can follow you. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Be awesome. I love it. I love what you're doing with this community, Sarah yeah. and May. It's beautiful work. Oh my oh. gosh. Well, thanks for being a part of it. We appreciate you. My honor. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Oh my gosh. What a great, great conversation. I feel like 
that is a conversation that could have gone on for hours. Um, so many relevant things, not only to the holidays, which we're in the midst of right now, but just, I feel like life in general and taking a step back and evaluating what is most important to us and in our family and trying to cater our life, um, to that, to the best of our ability. Um, one thing that kept coming up in my mind through our conversation with Ginger was just the fact that I have more control over how things go in my life. And it sounds so simple and silly, but it's like, I'm not just a passenger. Like I can actually be in the driver's seat when it comes to how things go. Um, and so I don't feel like she said, and ending, ending up feeling resentful or angry or relieved that it's all over, um, feeling a little more control over how we choose to spend our time as a family and how I choose to spend my, you know, precious and minimal energy, um, during this time as well. So, yeah, I took so many notes just for my own personal use then. Yeah. This. Yeah. I loved one thing I did love was her talking about just almost having a family meeting about like what's most important. And just because we're halfway through December doesn't mean that you can't still do that. Um, because I know for sure, like I hadn't asked my kids, like, what are your favorite things to do? Or what's, you know, what's one or two things you want to make sure we don't miss. And I think, I think something that I think often we'll find that comes up is they might be things that we already do or we've already done. And it's like, oh, well, great. That's already checked off the list because we already went and looked at lights or, you know, something like that. But I think that gives me more feedback, too, as a mom to know that, like, oh, you know, all all she really wanted to do was to get, you know, a special treat and go look at lights. And we already did that or we could easily fit that in Um, just to know that. I hit the most important things for my kids. I think there's some things that, I mean, we're a very active family and I think we like to be out doing things and so many options in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even just looking at the things we say yes to, I think there are things we have kept saying yes to over the years because we did it last year. Yeah. But now my kids are getting older. And so there are things I said no to because they were toddlers and that would have been miserable that I can now sign up for, but then say no to the things that are traditions that were great for toddlers and little kids. But now that my kids are getting bigger, maybe it doesn't make sense to do them anymore. Yeah. And like that it's okay to remove those things. Um, I'm so sentimental and traditional that I am like, oh, no, we did, you know, we've done it every year. Like we have to go do it. And knowing like that the world's not going to end if you don't do it this year. And maybe everybody would be happier if you don't right. do it anymore. Yeah. I feel like my kids, when I ask with any holiday, like, what do you want to make sure we do? It's going to be, I guarantee you, they would say, watch Polar Express and have hot chocolate. Yeah. Or do a Christmas puzzle or see the lights at Deanna Rose. Yeah. Which are quick hits. You know, those yeah. are easy. <laughs> Yes. Instead of some grandiose thing that I have in my head of that's how I create, you know, holiday magic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is totally true. Um, I listened to recently, um, I think I've mentioned this maybe in a previous podcast is one of my favorites, but I love the Lazy Genius podcast. Um, and if you're interested in this exact podcast, it's number 148. Um, she just talks about, um, 
being present and the lazy genius way of doing that. And basically lazy genius just means being lazy about the things that don't matter to you and being a genius about the things that do matter to you, which I think applies directly to our conversation with Ginger because it's like focus on what's most important and let the other things go. Um, And she, in her podcast, she just talks about not giving up, being actually present for planning and just letting things go a little bit more and adjusting our expectations before we get there, whatever mental work that looks like before you actually go do the thing you're going to do. Um, and being flexible if things don't go the way (laughs) that you wanted them to go, um, and how that can take away from those feelings of resentment. Um, trying to think what else she said that was so helpful. She did talk about creating traditions or continuing traditions and how often there are already things that we already do. Um, starting small and that repetition, especially for our kids is what makes things special and memorable. And it's not those big things that, you know, oh, well, we planned this trip to the Great Wolf Lodge and, you know, it was this amazing thing. A lot of times it is like what Sarah said, it's, you know, watching the Polar Express every year. You know, it's the most simple, simple of things. So I really liked that podcast of hers. I think one thing when she was talking about how to communicate with your spouse and your kids, I think one thing I've learned from another podcast is just letting and speaking to that, letting it go, but delegating, Mm -hmm. but truly Mm -hmm. delegating it. So my husband grew up learning how to wrap presents and I'm horrible at it. He is great. (laughs) And so delegating that, but to the point of I don't care what color the wrapping paper is. I'm not going to buy the wrapping paper. Here are the presents. You handle it Mm -hmm. and trusting or just not caring what it looks like. I mean, he does it better than me, so it's going to look great. But like truly letting go of all parts of that, I think, is huge to my mental health during this time. (laughs) That's a really good one. Really, really good one. Um, Yeah, I think that's great. But, you know, if you're somebody who loves to wrap presents, then wrap the presents. I think it's just, you know, really evaluating what matters most to you during this time. Cater the food instead of making the food if that does not bring you joy. Yes. Yes. And like, yeah, it just so many things just don't matter that I think we get so wrapped up in that we think they matter so much. Um, And they definitely don't matter to our kids. So, yeah. Um, Trying to think anything else stand out from conversation i mean it's just excellent and it was a great mid mid season reminder of just to kind of recenter a little bit and reprogram i know i'm definitely going to be yeah well earlier you were that. talking about taking pictures and i think you know megan had a really good point earlier yeah. of um not posting i mean you're you want to share all that you're doing with your friends and i don't think there's mm-hmm. anything wrong with that but you know for our team when we're doing um, our own Kansas City Mom Collective events, our yep. rule is basically take the pictures and then post them later. later. Yep. And I would say I'm trying to adopt that into my own personal life of, yeah. I don't necessarily need to, you know, post things in real time. Nobody cares. And there should be no obligation to do that. So enjoying it. Yes. Taking the pictures so you remember it. And then if you want to share it with the world, do that after the fact. Yeah, that's so true. Because I know for me, if I get on my phone and I'm posting a video or a picture, then next thing you know, it's like a gateway. Then I'm like Mm -hmm. clicking on this or clicking on this thing or responding to this person. And then my family's doing whatever they're doing and I am in my phone and I don't like that feeling. So setting that as a guideline, I think is great, not just during the holidays, but all the time. 
Um, and that's a topic we have upcoming next year. It is. So. <laughs> it is. There's a teaser teaser for you. Um, okay. So should we move on to what we are loving in Kansas City right now, Sarah? I think so. Okay. Sarah, what are you loving in Kansas City during this holiday season? So of one thing that we're enjoying soon is we kind of to the vein of giving up traditions to adopt new ones um, now that our kids are older. So we're going to the winter solstice um, celebration at Ernie Miller Nature Center. That's cool. It's outside. There's some moors. Um, definitely not something I would have enjoyed with toddlers, although mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be some brave souls there. But my kids can <laughs> tolerate cold temperatures a little bit better. Um so we're going to do that, and I think, you know, that's just something different for us. That's really cool. Does that span multiple weekends? I think it's one weekend, okay. um, but multiple time frames, and you do have to buy tickets ahead of time. Ahead of time. Okay. Okay. Um, one of our favorite things that's kind of silly, but it has turned into a tradition, is we go out to Olathe to Polly's Playground, um, the penguin display in this guy's yard. His name is Craig. Um, this year is the, let's see, I wrote it down. I think this is, oh, this is the 19th year they've done it. And they have over 200 inflatable penguins and you park and you just walk over with your kids and you just basically walk through this guy's yard. They do collect money, um, donations to leukemia and lymphoma society that you can donate to. Um, but aside from that, it's free and it's just a hoot. How busy does My it kids get? Love it. Is there a good time to go? You know what? We go. We've gone all different times, and it seems to be a steady flow, <laughs> steady flow of inflatable of lovers, <laughs> fellow inflatable lovers out there. Um, but it's just so it's just so fun. So we we've done that every year, and we will be going again. So and yeah. we do feature that in our holiday guide, which. As you're making choices about what your yeses and what things you do want to say yes to, um, our holiday events guide is one of my favorite guides that we do all year. And it includes holiday lights, um, events, festivals, concerts, where to see characters, Santa. Um, and so make sure you check that out because it includes all the things and then yeah. you can make your choices about what you want to say yes to this year. That's awesome. Okay, friends, we are ending this episode and 2021. Um, We are so grateful that you've been with us on our brand new journey with this podcast the past few months. Um, We will see you back here after the new year in 2022. Um, And until then, we we wish you a very happy and safe holiday season. And we'll see you back next year. Happy holidays. See ya. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.